Now, Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon. And then we're going to talk about your new album uh, and the band played on because it is a mother. It is terrific. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love hearing it. Uh, your last four albums, to me, are better than anything you've ever done. Somewhere in uh, California, and, and the, I just love them. I love them. Anyway, we are speaking with the one and only uh, Kelly Keegy from Night Ranger. And, of course, we've got uh, Pete Johnson, president and executive director of uh, Rock from the Heart. No, in fact, that's your wife that's a president and executive. What, what's your title at the thing? Vice. Vice. I'm the vice. By the way. Smart idea to make the the wife present. I'm just saying that, that, that's very very smart. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Um, three, two, one. We are speaking with uh, the one and only uh, Kelly Keegy from the band Night Ranger. They will be at the uh, Avalon Event Center in Fargo, North Dakota, on February twelfth, twenty twenty two. February. I know. You know, North Dakota in February is going to be terrific, but but it is for a good cause. It is for Essentia Health presents Rock from the Heart featuring Night Ranger. And of course, the vice president of Rock from the Heart, Pete Johnson, is also joining us to talk about this event. Uh, let me just quickly throw it to Pete and just say, uh, Pete, by the way, thank you for doing this kind of event. All three of us have had our own heart issues. I've had two surgeries. Kelly had one or had uh, an incident a couple of years ago. But talk to me about this event and its importance and why Night Ranger. You keep bringing them back. I mean, fans love them, right? What the Absolutely. hell? <laughs> Everybody loves them. Even non-fans love them, I think. I That's know. what I hear. They're the greatest. Uh, I love them. I love them. Rock from the heart. Well, that started because I had an open heart surgery, had a new valve put in, and uh, I was a little scared. I, I didn't have good information out there. I got intel from all over the place that didn't match up. And, you know, when I was healing up, my wife and I thought, man, maybe there's something musically we can do because I'm a musician, too. I play drums in a couple bands and uh, maybe we can do something musically to, you know, try and get some information out there. People will just come to hear the music, but they'll know in the back of their head, hey, these guys are a source for heart info, too. Yeah. So two months before my surgery, I heard Kelly just had a surgery. And then I saw he was playing in Fargo at the Rib Fest. So I drove down there because I wanted to watch Kelly play on his second gig after he got a new valve, too. And uh, sure enough, I call that the Kelly Keggy barometer. It was two months, I believe, after he <laughs> And I played two months after my surgery, so there was no other info out there about that. But anyway, we've had Night Ranger our first two years of Rock from the Heart. We do a yearly concert. The day before that, we have a symposium with survivors speaking and doctors speaking, uh, mental health people speaking, because as we all three probably know, it, it, it can kind of mess with your head a little bit going through this uh the healing process is yeah, different yeah. for everybody i was pretty lucky I, I sailed through but i hear stories from people who aren't that fortunate but we're sure happy to have night ranger back again we're bringing rock from the heart to two cities this year so we're going to fargo with it that's gonna be Minneapolis, great. but fargo is gonna be first well uh, 
Kellen, talk to me a little bit about the importance of playing a charity event like this one and having one where they're giving information about the heart. Because when you went through your heart conditions, I mean, how much were you aware? How much did you know? And how much was just, I'm out in the dark and now I've got this thing to deal with? You know, I mean, uh, uh, about four years uh, out, they started hearing, you know, noises and it was, you know, it was like beating funny. And and it turned out it was backwashing. It wasn't sealed. The the uh, aortic valve is the, the valve that takes the blood out of the heart to the lungs. And they were hearing this weird sound. And so when they checked it, they realized that I instead of having a, uh, a tricuspid valve, it was a bicuspid valve from uh, a defect from birth that I had. And it didn't give me any trouble. I was an athlete in high school. And then, of course, I... And I got behind the drum set my whole career and, and sang and, and played. So, um, you know, but about three years, I started to have a little, little shortness of breath in the beginning of the set. Wow. So then I started to try and ramp up my exercise before a set, you know, get on an exercise bike or go up for a short run and get my lungs and everything working. You know, and I started to notice that I was getting this chest pains and funny you know, like uh, a breathing, but then it would settle down about 10 minutes into a run or something. It would, it would normalize, you know, yeah. uh, and it wasn't, you know, I didn't get into like running full force. I was just jogging and I wanted to do like, you know, like I wanted to do a half hour, 45 minutes, you know, but once they heard that noise, uh, I was going for a, like a, col a colonoscopy and they have to do these tests before you do that check your heart and all that. And they said, we can't sign off on this. So I was like, okay, this is getting pretty serious about two years. So once they actually did uh, the, the test to, to check and see, you know, how the heart is doing and what it, it actually was, that's when we found out that it was a, a bicuspid and not a tricuspid valve. And the doctor, Dr. Malik um, in Nashville said, you should definitely uh, consider having this you know, replacement because he used the word catastrophic. You know, he said, "I hate to have you on stage, you know, on stage and have something catastrophic happen." And I was like, "What do you mean?" And he just said, "That word means that you could, you know, you could go out, you could be done." You know, and I was yeah. like, "Holy crap, this is really serious." And I was taking it serious, and they were watching me every year at health test them. So when he used that word, I was like. Okay, this is crazy. I mean, this could be the end, you know, of my career, and would hate to have something. I wouldn't want to embarrass the guys by, you know, the drummer just fell out. You know what happened? Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> so that's how I I got to that point. You know. Let me ask you this: since you mentioned catastrophic event, you've obviously heard about what happened to Richie Faulkner in Judas Priest, where his heart at a show at a festival basically just blew up did, yeah. did you read that and, and just go i read about wow. that and i also read about uh about sid from uh boston who was on a cruise doing yeah some, you know and some friends of mine were playing with him and they said he just you know went over and i was it. He never you know they never saw him again and i was like man this is just this can't happen i mean for one thing, you know, music is very important to me, but my life, of course, and everybody listening, you know, should take, you know, precautions and should look into stuff because 
the wife is the most important, your family, you know, all all of that stuff, you know, the, all those cliches that we talk about. Yep. But it's serious, you know, it's and there's so many people that don't know, you know, that it's happening. For for instance, the you know, um when we came together and I met, I think it was Amy, um from uh, who is the who is the wife of of the actor um you have to you have to help me with this i'm sorry you might have to add it this but yeah yeah um peter uh, john peter's wife yeah john peter's wife amy yeah, exactly sorry i'm just i just fogged up there no worries and she was just saying how horrible it was for him to just go out and and recently my wife's brother had the same problem where it was like the widow maker they call it the Widowmaker, which you have no signs that anything, your heart beats fine. He was exercising. He had, he had ran marathons. And then suddenly he came out and he just hit the floor. And that was the end of it. He just never regained consciousness. So it's really important that everybody go get all of those tests done that, you know, that, that check the thickness of the heart, you know, the, of, you know, this, the walls of the heart and, because my doctor, when he went to do my my um, surgery, did an extra little thing where he just fixed a secondary heart uh, valve and made sure it was because and he put some rings on there and there's it's it's really kind of complicated when you when you know, realize that the heart is just this it's really pretty amazing thing, right? You know, uh, and how it works in conjunction with the other two valves and you know the blood flow it's like a heart hydraulic system that works and and if anything fails on it it causes everything else to fail too you know so uh, pete mentioned the, the mental health uh, part of this and you know when i had my two heart surgeries especially since i was in my 30s you you, you start thinking oh my god is it going to end is this, is this the what was it like for you to, you know, you, you're, you're not able to go play with the band. Dean Castronovo comes in. Do you look at that and just go, wow, my life is over. Like, did you have those moments of anguish and, and mental sort of torture where you just sort of went, what if it's this? What if my career, what if after all these years of being in Night Ranger, I'm just going to be the guy that's out of the band? I did. Did you have that? I did, I did have those feelings like, well, I mean, you know, I've, I've gotten almost, you know, 35 good years and, you know, you know, that was amazing that, you know, that we were together that long. The three of us, Jack and Brad and myself mm -hmm. started the band together. And, and uh, you know, if this is it, I, you know, I, I mean, I thank God I'm not going <laughs> to go out on stage in a blaze of glory like that. I mean, uh, you know, so, yeah, I did. I had those feelings. And during they played about four, five shows, you know, they had. Fred Corey played yeah. uh, shows, and then Dean came in, and uh, and then I came in with Dean playing, and I came out and sang when we did this big festival show in Dallas, and it was like ten thousand people there, and I was like, wow, you know, I mean, if this if this if this ends, you know, and and I've been able to do a few more shows, and then say something else happens in my heart, you know, didn't it didn't really take or whatever this could be great. You know, this could be the way to go. Singing, Dean's up there, a very good friend of mine. I and mean, it's like playing better than me. I'm like, you son, 
I'm going to kick you. I'm going to trip you going down the stairs after the show. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's, he's such a good friend. So we, we joke like that all the time. But, but um, you know, I mean, it was amazing um, to have him play and uh, and then to regroup and have it come back. And, and I, I came back and I was playing and 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 Richie Russo, our, our drum tech, played some some with me played like four songs and then I would, you know, at first I would play and then he would play and I would sing and And, and then we just worked back, you know, we, we came in slowly and it, it was incredible. I mean, I watched, uh, I watched videos on, on, uh, on YouTube of this guy 30 days out going to the gym and doing his whole lifting thing. And he wasn't, he wasn't in perfect shape. But he got back into his routine, and I said, "I'm going to do that." That was such inspiration. I can't remember who it was, but it was just a video of this guy going back to the gym after the same heart surgery that Pete and I had, and maybe you did too. Did you? Did you have a a, a valve replacement? I, I did not have a valve replacement. Mine was a little less uh, involved. I've had two ablations. I had a, a radio frequency ablation and a cryo ablation to to correct a. Uh, fibrillation but i mean the it first manifested itself at the age of 29 and you know at 29 and excuse the language but you're full of piss and vinegar and all of a sudden you're not now now you've got sort of an old man disease and you're just like oh you know and it changes your outlook because now now you know you 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 plan for the career and getting married and the family and and now you're like is that gonna happen is it you know and because you don't know you don't know. Yeah, you have no idea. And and about you with Pete, Pete? How did it happen for you? I mean, was it was it like all of a sudden you couldn't breathe right, or was it like a, a checkup? You know, how did that happen for you? Uh, I went in for an annual physical, and my doctor asked me, "Have you ever been told do you have a heart murmur before?" When he listened to my heart, I said, "You know, since the age of twelve, I've been told on and off that they've heard a murmur." but that they didn't think it was anything to worry about. And he said, well, I'd like to send you in for the echocardiogram, which is like a lady's ultrasound when they look at the baby, same deal, right. mm-hmm. uh, very similar anyway. Uh, and so we did that and he said, well, you you have a bicuspid valve, like Kelly said he had earlier, uh, bicuspid aortic valve, and you have a big aneurysm above that in your aorta and that can pop. And then you're all done. Uh, so uh, made arrangements to uh, get that all fixed. I, I did also the watch and wait because they measure things and they they do the math and figure out what's more dangerous, letting you go on like this or doing the surgery. So once the scale tips a little and you go in and that's so that that's my story on how that happened. It was just a fluke. I, but I, I kind of jokingly said to myself, ah, no wonder I was never the fastest runner in gym class. I had a bike husband <laughs> heart valve. I thought I just sucked at running, you know. Yeah, and, and, and I don't know if you've both experienced this, but between my surgeries, I was paddled, you know, 11 times. 11 times so so it's the propofil it's the paddling and then and you just mentally you're just like 
I'm not as good. I'm not as this. I got to be careful. It could happen. You know, you're like, uh, you know, the wife's like, let's go to Hawaii. And I'm like, well, what if it happens there? I can't afford American health care. What? what Terrible. All all those little mental issues and and stories you tell yourself. But, you know, they're 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 valid. You know, it's like it's true. And people don't understand because they don't see it. They yeah. see you. They see you drumming, and they go, "Boy, he's drumming! What the hell?" They see Pete doing what Pete. Th- they see me. They go, "There's nothing wrong with them." <laughs> and then it hits, and you go, "Yeah, there is something wrong." <laughs> wow! I know. Jeez. Um, oh, great. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to to doing this show up in. Well, not being up in Fargo in February. But... <laughs> What the heck is going on? But you know what? We're, you know, we've always been like our first tour manager said, look at, you know, when we were playing clubs, play to the ones that come. And that always stuck with me. It's like, you go where people want you to to come and play. And I was like, that's it. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to be there. And and for this cause, of course, it's very important. So. Well, listen, uh, Brett Michaels always say you play for the four people that are cheering in the crowd and not the uh, other ones that are just sitting there. But uh, uh, while we're on there, let's talk about And the Band Played On because... Ooh, good album. Somewhere in California, High Road, Don't Let Up, the band played... You're on fire. I mean, you're you're supposed to be at the twilight of your career, putting out greatest hits and playing the same 15 songs every day. And yet, one album... Four albums in a row that had they been released in the 80s would be multi-platinum and everybody would be singing their praises. Talk to me about having that fire burn and, and, and not just laying on past glories. You know, I, I think that what it is is that, what, you know, you leave, you leave us alone and we get in trouble. You know, it's like as soon as you have some like a producer or somebody to come in there and, and insert their, uh, their opinions and stuff like that. But we started making those albums and we'd get in a room together and we started getting back to the jamming idea <clears throat> and uh, realizing musically that we play so well together and that our ideas fit. So that's what we started doing on those on those last four albums. We started getting in a room together and then we'd see what, you know, we'd, we'd get to the end of the week and we'd have like five songs, you know, and we'd be like, oh, crap, you know, this is really working. And, so let's let's keep going with that. So that's what we did on all those albums. And it's then a great album. We fit those parts together, and and really like start to analyze them and, and and break them down, and and then maybe you know work on new parts, come back together in a couple of weeks, and you know it just worked. And with now with this album though, it was really complicated because it was during COVID, so we couldn't fly anywhere. We couldn't get in a room together, Brad. Brad was having surgery, so he couldn't, uh, you know, we, and we were still doing one or two gigs a month. So we had to be careful about bringing COVID back to him. You know, and he had he had a fiance at the time that was that was uh, fighting breast cancer. So she was isolated and they were just, you know, so we could not get together. So we did everything by phone calls and did some, you know, did some Zoom calls like this. And we got on there and we, and we started to to then share those ideas over the internet with pro tools, which we all have. And, and we built it up over six months with, with good chorus ideas and good riffs. And everybody took, took those parts home and just jammed with themselves. And 
at the end of the week, we'd get together and go, what do you think of that idea? Oh, that sucked to throw that out. What do you, you know, so it was, wasn't personal. We, we tried to put together the best pieces of music that we could and it just worked out. Jack, you know, you know, took a lot of these you know, ideas and lyrics and, you know, and, just, and then we would get on phone calls like, I like that line. I don't like that line. He was really gracious about bringing me in on some of that stuff. And wow. so we just put it together and I'm, you know, and at the end of it, we were like, kind of looking at it like from, you know, separating ourselves from it going, God, this, this album turned out pretty good. And, you know, uh, there you go. You know, it ended up being the band played on even without being able to play together. You know? Yeah. And, and, and I'll say this for the band. First of all, Jack's voice, I mean, he, oh, he's, yeah. he's hit a groove. And the fire started burning when you brought in Joel Hoekstra and then Carrie Kelly came in. Oh, yeah. And, and in between, by the way, you did the 35 Years and a Night in Chicago live album. And that, to me, is absolutely one of my favorite live albums because there is such an energy that burns through your speakers when you're listening to that. And I, I've got them on my audio technicas. You know, and you hear that, and it's just like, man, this band's good. And, of course, I've seen you, as you know, many times with uh, with Sammy Hagar and other places. And sure. you're, you're just better than you were. No offense to what you were, but you're just better now. You're like I mean, a fine wine. I just feel like we grew up, you know, together yeah. and, we, and we've gotten better with age. It's just, I don't know. And, and all the gigs we play, we always go out when, when we're an opener and say we have to, we have to show people that haven't seen us before, you know, how, how we are, even if they don't know the songs. And that's always been kind of a thing with us. We, go out and play on, on some of these three act shows and people like half the audience wouldn't know. Uh, yeah. They they knew some of our songs, but didn't had never seen us play before. So we had that kind of like hurdle that we had to get over. It's like yeah. we got to get over on these people, you know, uh, somehow. And so uh, we've always kept that, you know, and, and still to this day, we, we still play on some shows that people hadn't seen us before and uh yeah you know. well you know I, I you know i'm over here in montreal and night ranger I, I, it's been a long time since you've been to montreal if ever so i first saw you at m3 and i had no idea i mean i know the songs i knew the songs i have the records and then i saw your m3 performance and i went oh oh they're a machine okay you know that that was an eye-opener because it's not just don't tell me you love me on the fm channel now they're there and you just go right okay this is a band this is the real deal um nice that you picked up on that that's that's really great it, it it really was it was it was a shocking or not a shocking but it was it was a revealing moment that at m3 when i just saw you playing i just went yep okay this is why they're still around and uh you know um in terms of uh moving forward after you've done this show is 2022 going to sort of be filled are we doing a lot of touring? Are we slowing it down, taking are, a break yeah. and thinking, okay, go ahead. We're already booking, uh, you know, our agent came out, we played in Nashville just recently and, uh, and uh, uh, Rod uh, came out uh, from CAA who signed us originally and believed in us, you know, uh, from, from the very start uh, four years ago. And, uh, before COVID, we were supposed to. Do, there were two tours. We were supposed to do Sammy Hagar and White Snake, and then the next year was supposed to be uh, REO and Sticks. 
uh, all those schedules, of course, have just since just gone away or scrambled or whatever. But uh, but he did tell us that he thought that Sammy and us were going to be a good pick for the 40th year. Of course, that was our first year we played with Sammy yeah. on the three lock box tour uh, over the winter. And uh, and we thought that would be just great to, to play with Sammy. We did about uh, 15 shows with him a, a few years ago before COVID. And we realized that we fit really well together, especially with the circle, great band. Yep. And uh, all the songs that they bring into it, you know, the Van Halen stuff and Sammy's original uh, solo stuff and, and now their own albums. So we clicked with those guys. We clicked with Sammy again. And um, and he just looked at us and said, yeah, we should do this for, for real. And so um, I think that's going to happen next year yeah. so that would be really great 40th anniversary that sammy. would be terrific I, I saw a sammy night ranger show in uh new hampshire in i guess 2019 and it was just one of the better shows that year it was just it, it was just like three hours of of top 40 radio hits i mean it... oh my god i mean they're <laughs> too i mean you just we stand up in there, your mouth's dropping because then they go into, you know, right now and the van, you know, all the latter Van Halen stuff and the early stuff. You're just, just like, this, this is killer, man. This is great. This is where we belong playing these big shows, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll, uh, I'll start wrapping up by saying this. It's nice to see the band when you go out there and play, you don't just drop an album and then go do a greatest hits set. You actually bring four or five songs of the new album in there and they fit like a glove they're not like oh there's the new one uh you, you they just go and you just go wow i don't remember that hit when was that from you go, oh it's the new one oh yeah exactly. yeah we, that's kind of the point we try and keep it in the same style yeah. we did venture off on you know on an album and got more modern back in the 90s you know and and you know that that was fine but you know, once we started getting in a room together and creating, we realized that the, that's really the sound of the band is what we do when we start jamming together and we start playing these riffs and grooves and stuff like that and and, and get those choruses, those big choruses like, you know, like we love. So, yeah. uh, Pete, do you want to uh, remind the folks where the event is, what day it is and how to get the tickets over at TicketTaylor.com? Sure. Uh, yeah. Rock from the heart sponsored by Essentia Health. We're doing it in Fargo this year, February 12th, Saturday night, Avalon Events Center. You can go to rockfromtheheart.org and there's links to get tickets right there. We have yeah. uh, tickets of all kinds left. And yeah. we're looking forward to uh, seeing Night Ranger. My old band from the 80s, the street band, is opening for Night Ranger. Uh, okay. Very cool. I'm I'm bringing my new DWs to show you, Kelly. So, oh, I love it, and that <laughs> that new purple heart snare drum that you. That well, you since, since it's winter, I'm leaving the purple heart at home and bringing a metal snare just to be. Safe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. uh, and uh, and uh, Carrie, thank you for doing this, and and uh, Kelly, I should say, I'm <laughs> thinking Carrie Kelly. Um, uh, I look forward to hopefully seeing Night Ranger in Montreal at some point as well. Thanks so much, man, for your time, and I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, man, I can't wait till we get up there. You know, I think we we came up to Montreal 
did an MTV show this is back in the 80s. They they gave us a, a plaque that we, you know, it's like they gave us a, you know, like I think our our, our album went gold up there or something. Yeah. We're like, how come we don't tour up there? We just don't do tours and, you know, up in Canada anymore. I'm, I'm not sure why, but anyway. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, because there's a few of you, you know, uh, REO Speedwagon, yourself, and a bunch of you, Ted Nugent. You, you sort of just sort of stay south, and it's like, come on, we like yeah, to rock. Yeah. Bring I it know, up we here. Did that one thing with Journey and, and Loverboy um, some years back, which was really great and successful too. But for some reason, I, you know, we haven't gone back. So well, we're going to change that. We're going to change that. We got to get you up here. Folks need to experience and the band played on live on Canadian soil, but also in uh, Fargo, North Dakota in February. It'll be a fun gig. Thanks so much. I bring, appreciate it, buddy. Bring your mucklucks and your... And your... Yes. <laughs> Let's come up there in the wintertime. Why not, man? Oh, it'll be great. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Pete. Take care. Thanks, Thanks Pete. Bye, Kelly. Take care, guys. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right, perfect. That was great. Thank you. Was that, per was that good for you, Pete? Awesome. Bye, Kelly.